0: It's a team up you've all been waiting for, Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders together at last. You see, Trump wants the American people to get a $2,000 stimulus check, and so does Bernie Sanders. In fact, Bernie Sanders has been trying to get $2,000 stimulus checks apparently the entire time, and the Republicans didn't want to do it. For a while, Trump, I feel, was acting at the behest of the Republican Party, trying to maintain some kind of relationship. Now that I think Trump realizes they don't care about him, or at the very least, he can't win back any of the establishment support from the Republican Party. He's like, you know what? Screw it. Give people $2,000 because it's better than $600. And you know what? I got to be honest. $2,000 probably isn't even going to cut it for most people. Now, I know there's a serious problem with just printing money, and I don't think it's going to be good for the American people in the long run. But how about we start with don't print money and borrow money for nonsense like Pakistani gender studies? How about we make sure these stimulus packages and the omnibus spending covers the American people first and foremost? Now, a lot of people are saying in the omnibus bill, only some of it goes to foreign aid programs. Calm down. Yeah, but some of it goes to like these multi-million-dollar art centers that already have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. And don't actually need the Paycheck Protection Program or the stimulus. Many of these people are already extremely wealthy, and regular people need a break. I'll tell you what I what I don't like about this, and then we'll we'll, we'll go through this because you know Trump apparently is cutting his vacation short, flying back to D.C. to deal with this because Mitch McConnell's like, Nah, I'm not going to give you two thousand dollars. But I'll tell you, man, I don't like the idea that the only approach to what's going on is from the left. Is there no? I mean, I mean, listen. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I think we're, we're, we're backed into a corner. We're, we're, we're printing money like crazy. But the American people are about to become homeless. And that's pulling the rug out from under the economy and destroying the lives of, of, of regular people. And we can't do that. So you know what? It's probably why Trump and Bernie are in this together, because regular people realize we got a lot of problems. You know, the, the house is on fire. But the, at, at least at least you can give people some reprieve. Now, the first thing I would say is we need to get rid of all this garbage spending. That's 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 the big issue here. But is there no uh, I mean, could Trump come out and say, Bernie, you're right, I agree with you. But how about we put something together that says we're going to reopen small businesses? How about we do a more surgical approach to the covid lockdowns, protect the elderly and the vulnerable, those with comorbidities, give them stimulus protection in some capacity and let people who want to work, go to work, let restaurants that want to open, open. And it's, it's, it's strange to me how many like younger leftist types are so terrified of COVID. I mean, I guess if you don't have the life experience, you've not seen people die, you know, OD, get shot and killed. You know, a lot of a lot of older people deal with these things and you realize we're not immortal. We need to make sure we can survive and keep working. So I'll tell you this, I think we should probably do I mean, you know, look, Rand Paul made made a point that if 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 not $2000, you know, if it's not $2000, why not 20,000? Why not UBI? And I mean, there's there's actually an argument against it. Now, I think Rand makes a good point. Why stop at 2000? To be completely honest, why not 5 or 10? Why not forgive all of their, you know, loans and pay back landlords and just cover it all up? Because that money is going to have a serious impact on our earning uh, earn uh, the amount, the amount of money we earn in our wages and our buying power in the future you're not just getting free money you're getting you're, you're getting money borrowed against your own assets wages values the retirement funds of the elderly so there's a very there's very serious consequences at this point i think make make those two thousand dollars come through trump supporters and the, the you know populist left and right have come together on this one and it's unsurprisingly the it's actually I'll tell you this it's the establishment left and the establishment right no no joke it's the democrats and the republicans versus the populists and you love to see it you really do because i think the populist left and populist right have way more in common than they do you know than differences and it's the establishment that's been manipulating everybody now of course i don't agree with it with the you know the socialist populist types but i think we can all agree that the government is stealing our money Uh, let me explain. I've never been a big taxationist theft person. I'm actually okay with, you know, fairly center-left economic policy, social safety nets. The problem I have is you can't justify under threat of imprisonment and force that I give you money for Pakistani gender programs. That is stealing. Okay, that's ridiculous. Right now, I'll tell you, in any other circumstance— when we're doing well and the economy's doing well, I kind of, you know, most people shrug their shoulders and say, look, as long as I'm doing fine and have, have, uh, have the means to survive, I'm not really focused on your Pakistani gender programs. But at this point, I'm glad people are waking up to it because that's money that could be diverted to other places that need their infrastructure fixed. I mean, it's not just Flint. It's places like Newark. We are wasting money on foreign wars. We are wasting money on <laughs> gender studies in Pakistan. I know it's only $10 million. It's a lot of money, though, for, for you know, a small town or, you know, that, that could be redirected. How about we all just kind of agree on the populist, you know, more liberty minded side. Let's stop letting these people take money for their stupid, you know, garbage programs. And a lot of this money, like I said, it's going to these institutions that already have $600 million in the bank and they have these endowments. Why are we giving these universities and these art institutions all of this money? I get it. We want people to be able to work. We want people to be able to get their paychecks. But how about we just, you know, give money to the American people if we're going to be doing anything? Now, listen, when I say we need an argument from the right, we need to reopen. We need people to get their purpose back. But it doesn't have to be a destructive COVID super spreading type, you know, back to work system. It can just be, you know, we, how about how about this double social distancing and everyone wears two masks. And then we allow people to work. It's better than doing nothing. Instead, they're like, lock everything down and then just print money. Okay. The money these people are getting is going to come out of your own pockets and they just don't realize it. They think, well, I can spend the money now. That's true. But then everything you need, your necessities go up in cost over time very, very, very quickly. I, I tell you this trick. Go on Amazon, find a piece of equipment or something or a product, put it in your cart and then just Forget about it. Because this, ha- this happened to me. I had stuff in my cart. I had a tablet. And then like a week later, I went back and I said, price change. It went up 150 bucks. Yeah, that's happening now. People don't get it. You you work, oh, you know, several weeks to save up money to be able to buy a new phone. And what's going to happen? You're going to be like, oh, this new phone costs, you know, it's 100, 100 bucks or 200 bucks. And then you're like, okay, so I, got, I only got to save for about a week or two. Week or two goes by and you're like, finally, I got my paycheck. I have enough to buy this phone. You go on Amazon, now it's 350. And you're like, okay, well, I guess I gotta work another week. And then it happens again and again. That's the problem with hyperinflation. The money stock is nearly doubled. 66% increase now. This is getting crazy. It's getting crazy. But I get it. People have been forced out of work. The problem I have with everything. Is that the Democrats shut it all down, destroyed people's lives, defying the science because they're terrified because people like Cuomo are cowards. And then their response is, have the federal government take people's taxpayer dollars for all the ridiculous BS that we need. Give and then give give the American people less than 10 percent of it. Let me tell you something. Two point three trillion dollars spent. The American people are getting less than 10 percent of that. Amazing. Here's the New York Post. Trump backs Sanders' efforts to force Senate vote on $2,000 stimulus checks. They say earlier Tuesday, Trump retweeted a post from Nicole Fisher, a contributor to Forbes and a former aide to Tulsi Gabbard, noting Sanders' intent to disrupt Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's attempt to override the veto of the National Defense Authorization Act. He says, give the people $2,000, not $600. They have suffered enough, Trump said on Twitter, repeating his call to increase the amount of the coronavirus stimulus payments including in a two point four trillion dollar relief bill passed by Congress last week and signed by him Sunday. in another tweet hours later, Trump said two thousand dollars for our great people, not six hundred. They have suffered enough from the China virus. The president has threatened to veto the combined stimulus and spending bill, but then urged the House and Senate to amend the measure to uh, more than triple the payments to two thousand dollars. Bernie Sanders said in the post late Monday that McConnell wants to override Trump's veto of the $740 billion defense bill and then head home for the new year. I'm going to object until we get a vote on legislation to provide a uh, $2,000 direct payment to the working class, he said. The House on Monday voted 322 to 87 to override Trump's veto and 275 to 134 approve the $2,000 payments. Trump objects to the defense bill over two provisions. So Trump wants to, uh, well, they just say, you know, he doesn't want the military bases renamed. And uh, uh, he wants to draw down troops in Afghanistan, and he wants Section 230 amended. Now, here's where things get weird. Mitch McConnell blocked this $2,000 stimulus increase, and he said, you're not going to bully us into it. So actually, I wonder if I actually have that story. Uh, Here we go. Mitch, uh, Bernie shames Mitch McConnell on Senate floor over his refusal to budge on $2,000 COVID checks. Find out how working families in Kentucky feel about this. Bernie shames Mitch, et cetera, et cetera. Mitch McConnell said the Senate won't be bullied into passing it, and there is no realistic path to passage in the upper chamber. Here's the weird thing. Mitch McConnell proposed his own bill. Okay, $2,000, you're going to get it. But you got to repeal Section 230. And many people were saying that was a poison pill, because if 230 gets repealed, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, Google, they just go under overnight. Like they're going to get slammed with lawsuits they wouldn't be able to handle. I think a lot of conservatives. Don't mind that, but Democrats would not vote for. It. I mean, they love their corporate overlords. They get they get wonderful donations from these organizations, and they love the idea of mass surveillance and uh, <laughs> institutional authority controlled by leftists. So they're not going to cave to that. It's a poison pill. Interestingly, some others have said that uh, uh, I- I've seen a tweet going around. I don't know if this is true, but you can fact check this one, claiming that the Senate doesn't have the authority to amend. The, the IRS code in this capacity has to originate in the House and then get approved by the Senate. So Mitch McConnell's bill wouldn't work anyway because the House would then have to basically make the bill, pass it first, and then get Mitch to sign off on it, which I guess theoretically could happen. Now, here's where things get real interesting. Trump cutting, cutting his vacation short. It's New Year's Eve, baby. 2021, just around the corner. Trump and Melania will fly back to D.C. today and skip their $1,000-ahead Mar-a-Lago New Year's Eve party as Mitch shoots down $2,000 stimulus checks and Senate Republicans prepare to challenge Biden's win. What if something really funny happens? What if the Democratic establishment and the Republican establishment end up drawing the ire of both populist left and right? And then, I, 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 I'm going I'm to pause here. I'm not saying this is really going to happen, but wouldn't it be funny if Trump comes out hardcore in support of working class families and the stimulus package defending Bernie Sanders, and it it just unifies the populists behind Trump. That would be hilarious. And then you have this objection coming up on January 6th where they're saying they're going to present all this hard evidence. They say, yeah, right. Look, they're saying that, you know, Hawley Republicans, uh, um, you know, Mo Brooks, Once they object, then the Trump team will have real evidence presented on TV so the American people can see it. And this will be their chance to show the show the world what really happened. And I got to be honest, I just don't see it. You know, Trump has put out these videos and maybe I mean, truth be told, most people are going to want to watch what happens. We're hearing there's going to be an objection. So maybe something will happen. But I'm sure most leftists, many of these, you know, it's like like like, uh, neo uh, what's a neo establishment. There are people who claim to be populist leftists, people who are like in their early 20s who voted for Joe Biden. And it's the weirdest thing that of all the people you would vote for, like, how do you justify voting for Joe Biden, a 47 year career politician with a history of racism and cronyism? And you're like the the resistance. No, you're neo establishment, neo elites. But I guess it's what they like. People love this stuff. It's really weird too because you've got older progressive types like Jimmy Dore getting getting roasted by some of these younger YouTube progressive and I'm just like what are you doing? You're for the establishment machine? Oh man, they would have they would have loved to have been the bad guys in V for Vendetta, I guess. So the Daily Mail reports Donald Trump is going to return to DC ahead of his uh, his annual New Year's Eve party at Mar-a-Lago. In anticipation for a planned disruption by Republicans in Congress in a bid to overturn the election and president elect Joe Biden's win, the president and first lady Melania Trump are both expected to leave Florida. We get it. Guests had already been informed that Trump would uh, would be in attendance for the shindig where tickets went for a thousand dollars ahead. Trump's plan to uh Trump's plan to return to the White House comes as comes as Republicans announced plans to disrupt certification of Biden's win. The president was also said to have concerns over whether Iran will retaliate in the coming days on the uh, one year anniversary of the U.S. drone strike that killed uh, uh, Qasem Soleimani. We'll we'll see how that plays out. But this this populist left and right, you know, coming together is there's actually another really funny thing happening. Boycott Walmart. I don't know if you've seen this, but Josh Hawley, like I mentioned, he's planning on, on, on objecting to the the Electoral College vote count, which means there will now be a senator and a congressman together creating that objection. In response to to Senator Hawley's tweets, Walmart's official account, like the actual Walmart account, tweeted, sore loser, get your two-hour debate, immediately deleted the tweet. Walmart issued an apology. This is really, really funny. Oh, actually, I don't think, oh, I have it pulled up right here. They say, The tweet published earlier was mistakenly posted by a member of our social media team. We deleted the post and have no intention of commenting on the subject of certifying the Electoral College. We apologize, Senator Hawley, for this error and any confusion about our position. Well, apparently the people who run PR for you, Walmart, are not confused about their position. They want to call Hawley a sore loser and mock him. Well, here's what's happening. This is really interesting. The left and the right now want to boycott Walmart. And I'm sitting here just like, okay, (laughs) Sure. Walmart, it's I hate Walmart. Okay, uh, let, me, let me let me let me let me pause a second. I don't hate Walmart. I'm just look, they're a big box store, and right now, mom and pop shops have been destroyed and decimated, and it's mostly been by Democrat governors. I love these neo neo establishment YouTube progressives who are like, you know, Tim Pool is supporting, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 I'm sorry, Tim Pool is criticizing efforts to slow the spread. We didn't slow the spread. We slowed it earlier this year. What are you talking about? slowing the spread. And now we have the worst ever. No Democrats shutting down small businesses and letting Walmart stay open is probably increasing the spread. Have you even considered this a small business You need. Let me tell you something. If I need to get an inner tube for my bike, I can go to a bike shop. But how many people are buying inner tubes right now? Not that many. So guess what? I only come into contact with like five other people. Now I got to buy an interview for my bike. I go to Walmart. Everybody's there. How stupid do you have to be? These neo-establishment people are so annoying. They claim to be the left. They're not the left. Supporting the working class and allowing them to survive would be more leftist. But guess what? It's not even left. The right and the left agree on that. You know, what I don't like about these people is that they think defending Walmart is somehow the resistance. So I can come out and say, when when you have the Democratic governor of New York City, um, I'm sorry, New York State, and the Democratic mayor of New York City, when you have the Democratic governors in Pennsylvania, Michigan, New Jersey, California, and they say, "Oh, you know that little boutique shop that's that sells just food," you're shut down. Everybody go to Walmart. That's the lucrative merger of corporation and state that Mussolini claimed was fascism. Okay, I can already hear the left saying fascism is authoritarian nationalism and ultra traditionalism. Sure, fine, whatever. So don't take Mussolini's word for it. It's some kind of authoritarian totalitarian nonsense. Why are you okay with that? How would someone be? I I, I love it. Okay, you know what? These people who love to criticize and post out of context clips. Of me defending Walmart. It's brilliant. It's brilliant because guess what? Right now, the left and the right are in agreement. So you go you go play play uh, a game of ball with your establishment overlord millionaire class and defend them when they destroy the lives of the working class. Take take everything away from them and then block even Donald Trump, who wants these people to get more money. I'll tell you what Nancy Pelosi did. What she did was clever. She called for unanimous consent, not dealing with any of the bloat. She just said, OK, fine, here, unanimous consent. Of course, the Republicans were going to object to that. They're not going to agree to that. I don't think Trump cares at this point. Trump did say, get rid of the pork, get rid of the bloat. But now I think Trump's basically going to be like, you know what, whatever, just give people money. It's 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 really frustrating to me when you see a, 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 a dirty bill because Bernie Sanders is calling for a clean bill. This is the Bernie Sanders that I used to cheer for. Before he started doing this woke garbage and supporting the establishment. Bernie Sanders backing Joe Biden barfed in my mouth a little bit when I heard he did that. Are you kidding me? The dude sold out. But this is the Trump and the Bernie that people were waiting for. It's really, Trump Bernie, uh, no, what was it? Trump Sanders 2024. I'm kidding, but to have them both come out now. Defend the working class. So anyway, here's what we have. The left wants to boycott Walmart because they're a massive corporation. They don't pay a living wage and they, you know, force their employees to go effectively go on welfare, which then we pay taxes to subsidize. I'm not OK with that. I'm not OK with any company doing that. I'm not OK with these meat processing plants uh, encouraging illegal immigrants to come, uh, to come into the U.S. And then instead of paying them their paycheck, they call immigration and have them deported because that's been happening, too. I'm not okay with any of that. I don't like massive multinational corporations siphoning off the value of the working class people. How is that right wing? Isn't it amazing that the criticisms I get that that are calling me far right? It's because I say things like that. And I've always said things like that. I'll tell you this. You want to know what I don't like about communism? You got a little little old lady who's trying to, you know, sell grapes to like, you know, get by in a little little, uh, wheelbarrow. And they say, you don't get to control how you spend money and what you receive. And that's what we've seen with all this communism. Putting the boot on the working class. You know what I do like when it comes to regulation, regulatory policy? Stopping people, uh, companies like Walmart and people like Bezos from stripping away the value of the working class and siphoning away to themselves. Oh, surprise, surprise. Isn't that supposed to be the left? Amazing. It's somehow... Right wing, I guess, these days. So they say, because the Democrats are corrupt crony establishment elites siphoning away the value of the work, value of the working class, while Republicans sit there twiddling their thumbs. And if you dare criticize the Democrats who would throw you a pittance and then argue they're the one supporting the left, you're right wing now. Welcome to 2020, soon to be 2021. The left and the right are coming together with this boycott of Walmart, and I find it hilarious. The left and the right are coming together behind Bernie Sanders. And you know what really bothers me? There are still people who are tribalist leftists who are attacking Trump. It's like, dude, take the win, man. It's crazy. I see these posts on Facebook and Trump's, you know, it's like a screenshot of Trump saying, give him the $2,000. And they're like, does this man have no honor and integrity? He's just making everything worse because he wants to look good. And I'm like, but he's agreeing with Bernie Sanders. Come on. I'm sick of the tribalists. Where's your integrity? Where's your print? Where's the principle? Do you want the American people? to get this money. Yes. Okay. It's a great start. Fine. Am I going to, am I forced now to accept this horrifying compromise with the establishment where they get to print garbage money and send it all over the world while we're suffering? I guess so. It's the best we're going to get. Sure. How about after this, the left and the right comes together and says, you know what? You know, let me, let me say something. 2.3 trillion dollars. A bunch of this money going going to trash. A lot of it going to stupid gender studies programs and things like this. Foreign aid that we probably should not be giving out when we're in trouble. Now, imagine what we could do with that money instead. Imagine, and 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 this is this is really amazing. Imagine if we took all that money that was going to Egypt and Pakistan and these multi million dollar endowment you know institutions with endowments. Imagine if we took this money and I don't know, like forgave a certain amount of either student loan or medical debt? Why not? Let me, let me ask a too and, and comment below for, for, the, for the conservatives and the Trump supporters. How would you feel if instead of Pakistani gender programs, we just used that money to pay off some of the debt of, you know, working class people who had accrued it either through medical expenses or school? I'm actually OK with that. I'm absolutely OK with that. Um, absolutely okay with that i do not like the idea of printing money and borrowing money uh, in the way that they're doing it. And uh, to be completely honest, I'm not a big fan of that in general. But at the very least, if the money that's being borrowed and printed is an investment back into the American people, okay, well, then I don't have a big problem with that for the most part. Like most of you know, I actually lean left on a lot of economic policy. And idealistically, I'm, I'm actually fairly far left. The left doesn't want to admit it because what's happening now is the establishment is using the populist left as a tool against Trump and the populist right. And they go along with it. And you have phony progressives with, with large YouTube channels who support people like Joe Biden, and that's their bread and butter. They're propped up by the establishment, and they love it. That's why Jimmy Dore gets vilified. That's why when Jimmy Dore rags on Democrats, they say, he's oh, they, they attack him, and they insult him, and they criticize him. No, it's because Jimmy is a real progressive. He is challenging this the system and the establishment elites, and he's not playing ball with Democrats who don't care about you. It's a game to them. They'll say, sure, we're going to give the American people $2,000 each. And and that still comes out to like 13 or 14% of this total stimulus bill. Some ridiculously trash. OK, I think it might end up being like 15 or 16%. Great. It's better than the you know 9% they're getting now. But they're still giving 80 plus percent away to who knows where. I'll tell you what. Here's my, here's my proposal to everybody. Let's take that $2.3 trillion stimulus. Let's take the pork, all that pork, all that bloat. Because not all of it is. There's some stuff in there that's going to fund like legitimate programs and stuff like that. But let's just take all that and do a. a we'll, we'll give it to the American people. You know what I would prefer? We're putting 1.5 billion into. Uh, I think it's 1.3 or 1.5 into Egypt. Half a million into Israel. I can understand arguments for trying to you know provide uh, uh, military assistance due to the conflicts we see in the Middle East. But right now, I mean, we're suffering. We're, we're in serious trouble. I would rather the $10 million, maybe a, a large, I mean, complete, to be completely honest, maybe even the entirety of this foreign aid package, just go to the American people. I would rather a billion dollar check be written for some random dude, just some random guy, here it goes, a billion dollars, because that person's going to spend it here in America and it's going to cycle around through all this, you know, all of these different people. Now, I think the real issue is you give someone a billion dollars and they're, they're probably going to buy a bunch of nonsense and a bunch of stupid things like paintings and golden statues of themselves. That's why I'm not a big fan of the upward transfer of wealth that's happening. But ultimately, in the end, if we can get this money to the American people instead of this other garbage, you know, uh, I think everyone would be OK with it. I think, you know, a lot of a lot of traditional conservatives have criticized Trump for his spending. I've mentioned his spending as well. But they say, uh, you know, Trump supporters say Trump's populist. They don't care about the deficit spending. It's never been their biggest concern. You know, doing right by the American people has been their concern. And they're not staunch, you know, traditional conservatives. Now you see now you see the 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 Trump that got elected, the Trump that's willing to say the American people deserve this money, not this ridiculous, you know, foreign aid package. And I'll point out Trump negotiated a lot of this himself. But you know what? I'll leave it there. All right. Otherwise, I'll just rant forever. But uh, it's New Year's Eve. I got a couple more segments coming up for you. It's going to be a lot of fun today. Hope you're having a good time. And uh, thanks for hanging out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. And I will see you all then. Well, I'm sure you've seen the title of this video, so you know uh, there's not going to be any kind of opening bit here. But I look at this story from Newsweek and I say, uh, this seems reasonable. Lynn Wood urges Mike Pence to review Hunter Biden allegations before certifying election. Sounds about right. Uh, Okay, Lynn Wood seems to be a reasonable and rational fellow. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. And I will see you all. Actually, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. There's more. Trumpist lawyer Lynn Wood goes on unhinged rant suggesting Justice John Roberts is a murderous, I'll oh, just say child abuser. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You want to make an accusation against the chief justice, I guess, fine. Um, I don't like the idea of defamation and slander. Do you get evidence to back this up? Okay, okay. Well, Lin isn't sounding all that much like a reasonable or rational person at this point, but i uh, hold on, hold on. We all know the Daily Beast is biased. Okay, they must be smearing Linwood. That's the only explanation. Wait, 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 wait a minute. What did what did Linwood tweet? He tweeted, I am fully aware of the onslaught of attacks being made against me based on my revelations about Chief Justice John Roberts. Before attacking me, maybe fair minded people would first ask Roberts to tell the truth. Okay, all right, all right. Well, uh, Justice John Roberts, are you murdering? children and abusing them. Okay. Uh, I guess. I don't know what we're supposed to do with that, but all right. What's this? Linwood has added something to the bottom of this tweet. He says, or ask Jeffrey Epstein. He is alive. Okay. That's it. Come on. You can see what I tweeted in response this and boy, do I love Twitter. I tweeted, this is exactly the kind of public statement Trump needs right now to confirm to the American people that he is winning. Once they hear what Lynn has to say, the light bulb turns on and they immediately associate Trump's legal battles with legitimacy and rationality. There are many uh, Trump supporters who have been ragging on me because they said I've been disrespectful to Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell. My friends, please. What would you have of me? Do you think I'm going to just defend these tweets from him? The dude's hurting Donald Trump. He's hurting him to such an absurd degree. And so many of these staunch, hardcore Trump supporters can't see it. What do you think would happen if I go? You know, no, 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 I'll, I won't even go. There. I'll tell you this. I was talking to, my, to the mail lady, right? Comes up to my house and she delivers mail. We're in the middle of nowhere, so it's a, it's a hefty trip. Especially we get a ton of deliveries because, you know, we're, we're, we're doing production and buying equipment and stuff. And I ask about even the, the tiniest, tiniest surface level Trump world stuff. Now, now, now the, the people out where I live, it is Trump country, to say the least. There's like a big giant banner that someone got printed. It says, like, Trump, make America great again. And it's just they love the guy. And so I had these conversations with locals and they're asking me, like, what's going on? Because they're they're right leaning. They're pro Trump. And I'll say something like, oh, Trump said there's going to be a big, wild protest on January 6th. And they go, oh, I didn't hear about that. But they love the guy. They love Trump. They voted for him. They support him. They want him to win. But they say, I didn't hear about these protests. What do you think would happen if these people in, in this area who love Trump but don't know a whole lot? If I went to them and started saying some of this crazy stuff, they'd be like, what? <laughs> what? Epstein's alive? I mean, this is crazy. Okay, look, is there a possibility that all of what Linwood is saying is true? Of course, there's a possibility. It's not like we're talking about the moon being made out of cheese. These things exist in you know the 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 in, it, the, the the things being pushed exist in reality, right? If I said that, you know, there was a guy who lived by me who sold rabbit furs that he went hunted, you'd be like, man, well, that sounds reasonable, I guess. that That's a thing people do. And then if I said he used them to create a giant suit of rabbit skin armor, wasn't particularly effective, you'd be like, well, that's kind of weird, but also sounds like it could be true. Then if I told you that he was actually working with the government to create hybrid rabbit skin suits for the military, you'd be like, now that sounds pretty crazy. I mean, you could physically make a rabbit skin suit, I guess, but... There's no way the government would do that, right? That's the point I'm trying to make. I'm not saying like there's a magic wizard flying around doing magic stuff. Sure, Lin Wood is saying things that can be possible, but this is just look, man. You look at his you look at his Twitter account, and it's gone completely off the rails. But look at this, man. The dude's got almost nine hundred thousand followers from posting these things. He's got th- this tweet. Uh, let-, let me let me just let-, let me look at this. The tweet from Lin Wood where he says Epstein's Alive has 32,900 retweets, and it's got 9,200 replies. There's a thing called ratioing on Twitter. Most of you are probably familiar with it. If you're not, what it means is usually if you put out a tweet, more people share what you have to say than respond to it. But if the inverse happens, you've been ratioed. The ratio between responses and, and retweets is, you know, inverted. This means you've said something usually stupid. Not always. My biggest ratio was on this tweet. It was a great tweet, by the way, where I said, who do you trust more? And I gave people two choices, the government or the mainstream media. And it got 20,000 responses from people like, ah, like because it's hilarious. You can't answer the question. That was the point. It was funny. It's like it's a binary choice. Which one do you trust more? I'm not saying you trust them all that much. Most people chose the government, surprisingly. But but anyway, Linwood's not getting ratioed. People agree with him. They're sharing his tweets. They're sending them out. So let me tell you what's going on. and then I'll, And then I'll read you the first, the more reasonable story from Newsweek. And just say this. Look, every day I try to convince people. I try to say, we need to have a reasonable approach to these accusations of fraud because we want to be fair and rational, and reasonable, and we want people to feel like we're listening to them. You can't just ignore 74 million people. They're coming out with evidence. Let's at least have a, a court hearing on the merits. That's happened. Some, some some of them have been on the merits. Many of them have been procedural removals. You're too late, you're too soon, or you've got no injury. And so people say, you didn't even hear what I had to say. And you're not, you're not doing anything to rectify the problems. Well, one of the problems we have is our court system isn't designed to actually solve legitimate visible human problems for the most part. What I mean is you could go to the court and say, here's proof someone did something bad and they can say too bad. We won't hear it. There's good reasons and, and for it. And we got to figure out ways to navigate this. Let me tell you something. There's something called the exclusionary rule. The general idea is if a cop pulls somebody over for a, for a BS reason and then illegally searches the vehicle and then finds the murder weapon. Well, sorry, you can't use it in court. They violated your rights. So you can actually know, hey, wait a minute, this person did something wrong. Too bad. The evidence has been tainted. See, that's 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 the issue. We do this because we're often trying to protect ourselves and each other. So we put limitations on how these courts can function. If you are not the party in question, you can't sue. If you've waited too long, you can't sue. The problem is it like all of these things are being used at different moments to justify why the lawsuits are no good. So you you actually have there was a, a lawsuit attempt pre the election, and they said, you can't sue because nothing's happened yet. And they said, OK, fine. Then the election happened and they sued and they say, it's too late. The election's already happened. And people naturally get angry about that. Now that I understand. And that's why we need to have a sit down to go through this, prove it or don't. We're not getting those. Now, on the right, you're getting like Republican hearings about it, but we need to be in a court of law with judges. Well, if the judges don't care, then people are going to feel disenfranchised and they're going to remove themselves. That's the way I think we need this. Now, what do you think happens when I go to a regular person and I say just that, but then I go on to add that you've got Epstein, this guy claiming Epstein's alive, posting like, I'm sorry, man, this stuff's just over the top. I'm going to read this, okay? He's getting a ton of retweets on this, and I've not read most of his tweets. He says, Mark earlier confessed his sins to a small group of Christians. We are forgiving people, and we should be because of all sinners and need forgiveness. But if Mark thereafter continues his affair with Chris and Nick, I have no idea what he's talking about. Okay, that's just me, I guess. Fine. Here we go. Mark Meadows does not serve the president well. Not well at all. Mark only serves his own selfish agenda. Mark recently claimed to me that he is a man of God. Well, okay, you know what? That's irrelevant. That's not nearly as crazy as some of the other things I've. Wait, 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 wait. What will America survive as a free nation under God or be doomed to tyranny under CCP DC's swamp and lust for power? Okay, listen, he goes on. His He has a bunch of tweets that are like this that are going over the top. Him tweeting that Epstein was alive was like the straw on the camel's back for a lot of people because he can say crazy stuff and people rolled with it. Here's the story from Newsweek. So I just I'll stop ranting. Lin Wood urges Mike Pence to review Hunter Biden allegations before certifying the election. I just maybe, you know, I just realized maybe you don't know who Lin Wood is, right? Well, he's a lawyer who's filing suits that help the president. Some have claimed he's on the team. Some have said he's not. You get the point. When he goes out and posts things and they're crazy, that's used as a blanket smear of all Trump supporters. Newsweek says, Wood has a prominent Georgia attorney. Lynn Wood has called on Vice President Mike Pence to examine unproven allegations against President-elect Joe Biden and his son. Wait, 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 unproven. We now have numerous stories confirming that Hunter Biden is under investigation. So sure, I guess you can call it unproven because he's under investigation. They say Wood has helped allies of President Donald Trump file challenges to the 2020 election results, but these have been overwhelmingly unsuccessful. On Wednesday, Wood took to Twitter and raised the issue of a laptop allegedly belonging to Hunter Biden. I am 100% confident that if VP or members of Congress spent 15 minutes reviewing the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, they would never let Joey bribes Biden get within missile range of the White House, Wood wrote. Biden is a CCP puppet, criminal and pervert. A few other things, none good. Now I'm going to stop right there. You know what? Bombastic. But I don't completely disagree. I mean, actually, mostly agree, I'd say. I think that Biden is compromised by China. A family confidant has had as much. Biden flew to China on Air Force Two with his son to negotiate, so his son could negotiate a private equity deal. Okay, like, how much evidence do you need? The dude's been implicated so many times. So that's where I, I see Linwood. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. That's important stuff. He's a criminal. I think so. He's definitely a pervert. We got tons of videos of it. The laptop in question caused a a furor, blah, blah, blah. We get it. Okay. Now let's move on to what uh, uh, Daily Beast has to say. Now, my understanding is Daily Beast is, I I think it was Newsweek for a period, like they were connected. I don't know if they're still part of the same company. But this is a a more lefty publication. Okay, they write. Pro-Trump lawyer Lynnwood ramped up the crazy on Wednesday night by suggesting Supreme Court Justice Chief, uh, Chief uh, Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts was somehow involved in a Justice Antonin Scalia de- Scalia's death and part of a, a, a we'll just call it a child abusing group. Wood, alongside on again and off again Trump campaign lawyer Sidney Powell, has been at the forefront of President Donald Trump's hopeless attempt to overturn Joe Biden's victory. Besides filing a slew of conspiratorial lawsuits alleging election fraud that have been laughed out of court, Wood has urged Georgian Republicans not to vote in next week's pivotal Senate runoffs because of his belief that the election will be rigged and has filed an emergency petition with the Supreme Court to halt the January 5th election. There was a a lawsuit there was some some documents filed by Lynn Wood where he said something like, I uh, assert under plenty of perjury. And a collective groan came out from Trump supporters. Listen, man, Trump supporters keep defending this guy. He's getting tons of retweets. He's getting tons of followers. He's going to break a million followers. Eventually, he's going to get banned. He shouldn't be banned. And, and Linwood is the perfect example of why you don't ban people. Trump supporters need to disavow this guy, and they needed to have done it a long time ago when he started saying crazy stuff. And I said, look, I, I wasn't even that harsh on the guy. You know, his first off about Dominion and these and these, you know, conspiracies. I was just like, I think it's bad for Trump. I think it's making Trump supporters look like lunatics. And clearly, Trump supporters are not lunatics. There are some lunatics who are also Trump supporters, and there are many lunatics who are leftists as well. Everybody has their bad bunch. Trump supporters are no exception. Linwood is prominent and being propped up. By a lot of people who, well, are being taken for a ride. It's no different than, say, like Alyssa Milano saying dumb things like a mask will protect you more than an AR-15. Oh, great. I'll remember when the wild animal, the boar, is on my property or the bear is coming that I've got a handy mask to throw at the bear. What a stupid statement. You cannot allow people like this to become the most prominent with shock content, conspiracy accusations and claims that Epstein is still alive. You know what? Even the most ardent conspiracy theorists I know don't think he's still alive. That's the craziest thing. I know there are some people who do think so, I guess. Linwood's one of them. But you ask people and they'll talk more about how somehow someone broke into the hospital, got past the guards, and they're like, because the, somebody, somebody's in it. You know what I mean? Could, could you imagine? <laughs> There's so, I wanted to make a joke. I'm not going to say it. But the joke was, uh, uh, the sentiment from conspiracy theorists is usually that something, something was an inside job. Uh, uh, you know, now I'm not trying to pull an Ilhan Omar when I say that. I'm saying just in general, they usually say like Gulf of Tonkin or, you know, 9-11 or Northwoods inside jobs, right? Well, he's saying that no, 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 no. A- 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 Epstein's actually alive. Is-, is that That's what he's claiming. OK, mm-hmm. sure. He says a couple more questions for Chief Justice John Roberts. You're recorded discussing Justice Scalia's successor before date of his sudden death. How did you know Scalia was going to die? Um, maybe he didn't. Maybe Scalia was an old man. I'm pretty sure all of the Republicans had many conversations for years about who would be the successor to Ruth Bader Ginsburg if she died. Could you imagine if they were like? Didn't they like once publish an obituary and accident on TV? Like it happens all the time. How did they know? Uh huh. Are you a member of any any club or cabal requiring minor children as initiation fee? Oh jeez. Dude, the Epstein stuff is crazy, crazy stuff, and it's it's crazy how it was swept under the rug by by major news organizations. But listen, man, is it possible that Justice Roberts is involved in a cabal? Yes, it is. Like I said, it it, it exists within the realms of physical reality. But dude, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I tell you. After painting Roberts as a murderous abuser. The Farrad attorney went further down the QAnon rabbit hole by bringing up deceased trafficker Epstein, suggesting the chief justice was mixed up in trafficking children. This is this is this is too much, man. Uh Wood did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The following morning, however, things only got weirder as Wood went further down the rabbit hole, claiming that Epstein is alive and could reveal the truth, despite many in Trump's orbit declaring war on Wood after he pushed for a boycott of the Georgia Senate races. The president himself has personally kept in touch with the firebrand. Trump has not only encouraged Wood and Powell to continue their crack lawsuits. He also hasn't told them to tone down their rhetoric, which uh, much to the dismay of many Trump advisors. Here we have uh, Asawin Subsang saying, imagine being able to outflank Rudy Giuliani on voter fraud conspiracy theories. For it's worth both Linwood and Sidney Powell have kept in touch with Trump over the phone or in person in recent weeks. Even as the campaign and other parts of official Trump world tried to new phone, new phone who dissed them both. Okay. I got some theories, I guess, but I will point out, look at this from the Daily Beast. They saturated Giuliani to make him orange and they did the same thing to Trump. Why? It's so creepy that they do this. You know what? I got my own conspiracy theories. I'm, I'm joking, by the way, but I'm going to tell you what my joke is. Uh, Trump is bringing on Powell and Linwood. Because he knows he's losing, he's about to leave office. There's not going to be any great overturning of the election, and he's trying to make his most ardent supporters think like he's fighting to the bitter end, and then they're going to lose. I think you know, the more he does this, the more people leave the room. That's what I've been saying about regular people coming on board. The more Trump encourages this, the more Trump is involved in this, the more Sidney Powell would say say what they've got to say. The more regular Americans, working class Trump supporters, like wave their hand and go, "I, I am, I am so out of this. This is nuts." And then they're not going to be there on the 6th, because if you've got people like Lynn Wood get up there and screaming about Epstein being alive, I mean, you'll you'll sure you'll find your audience of, of ardent, you know, conspiracy theorists and stuff like that. Regular people aren't going to show up. And maybe that's the play. Maybe that's the plan. I, I don't know. I don't I don't uh, I don't know how else to say it, you know, but I guess if people really want to believe in this stuff. By all means, you're free to do so, but don't be surprised when one, one day you're sitting in a room with like 50 people wondering where the tens of thousands went, because you could get a massive, you know, a uh, large, you know, a really big group of people to come out and support the president and push back against Biden, who's clearly corrupt and crooked. You could get it, but you have to approach them on reasonable grounds. And this isn't, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Maybe all these conspiracies are true. Maybe everybody's right. Maybe Linwood hit the nail on the head. Sure. I'll tell you this. You cannot take someone and just tell them something crazy and expect them to believe it. There's like this old story about, uh, actually I probably shouldn't tell that story because it comes from, you know, India and it's ancient. So it's probably, I'll probably get in trouble for saying something. They'll, they'll claim it's racist, whatever. The idea is if you find a group of people who are, you know, believing something, the first thing you're supposed to do to engage the group is find a rapport with them, not challenge them, Right. So if you meet someone, you don't know who they are, you don't know if they're left or right, you first want to identify what you agree with. So you recognize, hey, we're friends, right? Typically in sales, they do something like, where are you from? It's like, oh, yeah, great city. And then you compliment them. You say, yeah, I've always wanted to go there or I've been there or I grew up there. And you build a rapport based on that. Then when you give them some contradictory information or something they don't want to hear, well, they're already feeling like they can trust you. That's how rapport works. If you go to regular people and tell them this stuff about like Epstein and all that, you're not building rapport at all. You're scaring them away because it's not just about rapport. It's about they want to fit into and maybe they might believe it, but they're like, dude, it's too much. I'm going to get insulted and smeared and attacked by other regular people, too. You come out and say there's fraud and there's evidence and we've seen it. And yeah, okay. you come out and say Epstein is alive. (laughs) I tell you, man, getting a little bit too spicy for my blood for some time now. But of course, uh, you know, I get ragged on by hardcore Trump supporters saying that I've been disrespecting them. You know, listen, it's not about respect or disrespect. It's about a reasonable approach to what's happening in this country. And if the hill you want to die on is that you want to side with with Lynn Wood saying these things, you're free to do so. You don't have to watch my content. You can yell at me and insult me all you want. That's fine. So be it. I'm gonna be over here and I'm gonna say what I think is the truth. I'm going to talk about what I think is going on and give you my honest opinions. My honest opinion right now is that Linwood is off his rocker and he is doing more damage to the Trump, to Trump and the Trump movement than any individual person could. And if you don't want to hear that, I don't know what to tell you, man, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up over at 4 p.m. Uh, uh, over at 4 p.m. at youtube.com slash Timcast, which is in fact a different channel from this one. Happy New Year's, everybody. And uh, well, I'll see you at 4 Check it out. You can also search on YouTube for Tim Pool. It's a different channel, and I will see you all then. I do not feel safe. Mask mandate backlash in Kansas town prompts mayor to resign. We also have this story from Reason. Americans are in full revolt against pandemic lockdowns. And then we saw in California maskless mobs storms gourmet grocery in city awash with death. Well, of course, the Daily Beast is a more left-leaning publication, but the story is true. A group of people who were angry at lockdown orders and, and restrictions and edict stormed their way into a shop and said, we want to shop. Maybe you've seen the videos that have come out. A woman beating a sheriff with the sheriff's baton after being ordered to wear a mask. A report that a, that a Navy veteran bashed a man over the head with a glass for being told to wear a mask. Now, the mask thing I find kind of weird. You know, people complaining about not having to wear a mask. I I, I get it. People don't want to wear it. I see these people yelling, don't wear it. I don't mind wearing a mask. It's not that big of a deal. Where at least, you know, when when you're going around, you're walking around, you're by yourself. You don't need one. It's when you're in close proximity to people or you're going to a store. I'm not all that worried about it. What I am worried about is that the lockdowns are destroying everything, and it's leading to this kind of rage, this pent-up anger, that's going to be way worse than anything we've seen so far. The George Floyd riots were intense, weren't they? Well, many people said the reason people were so angry wasn't just the social justice. It was that they were locked in a cubicle for months. They couldn't go out. They couldn't see their friends. And they were filled with rage. No purpose. Depression. There are stories of young people, children committing suicide. And it's and it's increased and it's horrifying. People are starting to reach their breaking point. And it's gotten so bad that a small town mayor had to actually resign because people have said enough. Well, as reason puts it, people across this country are revolting or in open revolt against these lockdowns. It doesn't mean every single person it means enough. People are saying no. And I'll say this. If everybody just said no. If everybody just went back to work, there would be no lockdown and no one could do anything about it. But now we're getting some grim news. Super covid. I'm not kidding. It's they're calling it super covid. They're saying in California and in Colorado, they detected traces of a new variant, which is substantially more infectious. Now, don't get me wrong, my friends. I think COVID's very serious. And I've long stated this. The issue, though, is serious doesn't mean like it's airborne Ebola that's going to wipe everybody out. It means it mostly affects people with comorbidities, you know, people above the age of 70. And that for those reasons, we should be taking it seriously. Uh, We should be working on vaccines. Donald Trump is the one who pushed for warp speed to get these vaccines out. And so I think a lot of people, you know, it's really interesting. I did a Twitter poll. Have you gotten the vaccine yet? And these leftists seem to think that, everybody who watches my content are anti-vaxxers. Now, there are a lot of people who are saying they're going to wait. Kamala Harris said she'd wait, and she went and got it. But most people are like, this was Trump's project. This is Project Warp Street. Trump did it. Why would? Why are Trump supporters supposed to act like they're now not interested in it? Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people who support Trump who are saying they're not going to get this vaccine. But I think it's fair to point out there's a big difference between longstanding vaccines that have gone through decades of trial and something that was rushed out the door. That's what Penn, I'm sorry, that's what uh, uh, Biden and Kamala Harris and other Democrats had been saying. Now, look, you got to do your own research and talk to your doctor about what's right for you. But we're hearing that the super covid is going to be grounds to keep these lockdowns indefinitely. We're hearing that in California, where these people are storming into these buildings, the lockdown is for now an indefinite lockdown. There's no timeline. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no point at which, you know, you will be free when you can work when you can feed your family and worse still from the establishment elites namely the republicans right now you are not getting the covid relief you need trump and bernie together are mad about this so i find it really fascinating who are these establishment cronies who would lock everything down and then and then have you know uh, the other faction the democrats lock it down and then republicans block the 2k just so that regular people can suffer this clearly isn't working, and people are going to erupt, and they already are. Well, let's start. Let's read about what happened in this small town, because where it's when it starts here, you know, it starts to spread. How long until New York erupts completely into large-scale rioting like we saw with George Floyd? Before we get started, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. I got a P.O. box. You want to send me some stuff? Got some crypto addresses. But the best thing you can do is share this video. Let people know what's going on. If you think I'm doing a good job and what I have to say is important, sharing really does help my channel survive and grow. Because as you can probably imagine, I'm not a preferred YouTube channel for the most part. I know YouTube does like me to a certain degree, but only insofar as they have to tolerate politics. But sharing, that's power. Get more people exposed to, to more information. But don't forget, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read the story from Kansas City Star. Quote, I do not feel safe. Mask mandate backlash in Kansas Town prompts mayor to resign. The mayor of a historic Western Kansas Town resigned amid backlash over a mask mandate and national attention on COVID 19 in the community. Dodge City Mayor Joyce Warshaw stepped down Tuesday. She cited fears for her safety and a hope that her resignation could quell anger. Life has dealt out many challenges in our world that have perhaps caused many people to act inappropriately. But I do not feel safe in this position anymore, and I'm hopeful in removing myself this in removing myself, I'm assuming they mean from this anger, accusations and abuse will not fall on anyone else and will calm down, Warsaw wrote. Warsaw told the Dodge City Globe she received threats in emails and phone calls after a USA Today article on December 11th about residents failing to comply with a mask mandate as COVID-19 cases surged. The mask mandate was imposed a month ago. Warshaw was quoted once in the story, quote, we just felt like we had to do something so everybody was aware of how important it was for everybody to be responsible for each other's health and well-being, she told the USA Today. Oh, hold on. We felt we had to do something so everyone was aware? Are you saying that the, that you didn't tell them to wear the masks for safety reasons? That's a stupid thing to say. So no, no, it's no surprise people had a backlash that that, that there was a backlash to this. You need to tell them wearing a mask so you don't spit on people when you talk. It's really that simple. Now, there there's questions about asymptomatic spread and things like this. So I understand why people are finally starting to lose it. Trust in the media is gone. And if there's no trust in the media and no trust in our own community, they're not going to take uh, people are not going to take well to being told to to uh, essentially put restrictions on their life. Now, listen, I'm not saying masks are the biggest restriction in the world. I'm saying it is a restriction in some capacity. I personally don't care all that much. But let me tell you something. I saw this next story, and it says to me that people are, well, they have no faith in the system and they're starting to lose it. Check this out. Some 500 coronavirus vaccine doses intentionally destroyed, hospital says. No kidding. A hospital worker, a now former employee. And a Wisconsin medical center intentionally removed 57 vials of COVID vaccine from refrigeration, forcing officials to throw out nearly 500 doses. Now, here's what they say. Initially, they thought it was just an accident. And I'm trying to find out more about this story to figure out what's going on. But they say it turns out it was deliberate. Did this person actually want to destroy 500 doses? Why? Could it be that these people are reading the news and hearing about the side effects and freaking out? Maybe. Could it be that they really hate Donald Trump and Project Warp Speed? Sure. I have no idea why someone would do this. Look, if you want to get the vaccine, your doctor recommends it. I I say you follow your doctor's recommendations. I'm not, look, I know there are side effects. I've mentioned this before. We're, we're, we're inundated by news saying all these bad things, but for the most part, we've now got, I think, like a couple million people have been vaccinated, and they're mostly fine. People who follow me and have commented said they got the vaccine, a small percentage, mind you, and that they're fine. I really, really do not think, and maybe it's my normalcy bias, sure, that people are going to get this, and it's going to result in some widespread chaos or people turning into zombies or anything like that. But there are people now who are, dis- this is that that's insane. I think it's fair to say Americans are... Are in full revolt against the the restrictions, the lockdowns, and it's not just that. Apparently, some people working in health centers are taking issue with vaccines. Look, if somebody wants to get a vaccine, I don't care. Like, I'll 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 tell you what I'm going to do. First, I do have allergies. This is this is true, and so that people have been advised if you don't have it, you should wait. Uh, you know, so I guess I will. Plus, I'm not in the affected age group, and most of you aren't either. It's not a whole lot to worry about. But I'll tell you, the lockdowns are violating the Constitution. And for this, people are saying enough. And because the media has been, been just wrong about so much, people are saying, I don't trust you anymore. Reason said reports, or I should, I reports, but in in, 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 a, in a piece for reason. Individually and in organized groups, people are pushing back against lockdown orders. Echoing New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio warned city residents this week to prepare for a full shutdown. So this story is a couple of weeks old. As part of ongoing efforts to slow the spread of COVID-19, the two elected officials better not hold their breath waiting for compliance. Evidence from around the country shows that many Americans are thoroughly sick of impoverishing, socially isolating lockdown orders and are revolting against the often hypocritical politicians who issue them. Quote, the governor said in a New York Times interview over the weekend that we should prepare for the possibility of a full shutdown. I agree with that, Mayor de Blasio told interviewers on the 14th. We need to recognize that 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 may be coming, and we've got to get ready for that now because we cannot let this virus keep growing. The mayor commented following Cuomo's ban on indoor dining at New York City restaurants that was issued a week after Staten Island residents cheered bar owner Daniel Presti, who was arrested for defying pandemic restrictions. Days later, Presti ran his car into a sheriff's deputy, who sought to re-arrest him for continuing to serve patrons. Both of the deputies' legs were broken. Wow, man. I don't know what's going on with that guy. But there was that story. A woman was going to a gas station, and the sheriff said, put on a mask, said no, and then started beating the cop. Beating the cop. We had that story where the, the uh, I believe it was the governor of Oregon, Kate Brown, holding a meeting at a state house, and the police barred members of the public from entering. Somebody pepper sprayed the cops. When you've got right-wing groups, conservatives, or Trump supporters, or whatever, and they're pushing back on the police, now you want to tell me that nothing's going on? Now people are starting to, to, to get really angry about this. They go on to say the brewery isn't one of the, uh, isn't only, is I'm sorry, the brewery is only one of many businesses listed by Pennsylvania opening businesses and dividing the governor. So this is a, a, a Seven Sirens Brewing Company. Uh, so this is, there's 43,000 members on Facebook. The group encourages the public to patronize anybody who bucks state rules to continue offering goods and services to willing customers. Many readers side with businesses that may stay open in defiance of Pennsylvania's coronavirus shutdown orders. The reopen Minnesota coalition similarly represents hundreds of businesses defying closure orders and raises money for legal defense against state enforcement actions. Quote. The last nine months have needlessly put small business owners and employees in the regrettable position of watching their dreams evaporate before their eyes and their families go without basic necessities. The group commented this week on the effect of pandemic lockdowns. It calls for stripping Governor Tim Walls of his emergency powers and for ignoring restrictions so that people can decide for themselves when and how to interact. On the West Coast, many restaurants also open their doors to customers despite state orders to the contrary. While some of the larger chains and corporations are following the orders, many of the mom and pop shops say going to takeout only would put them out of business. The city council in Solvang, a tourism-fueled community in Santa Barbara County, recently voted to ignore shutdown orders that threaten locals' livelihoods. Officials directed that the city of Solvang will not actively enforce these latest state shutdown orders and that the city request the county and state regulators to prioritize education and that they also not enforce the orders within city limits, according to a letter from Mayor Ryan Toussaint. None of this should be a surprise. Small businesses have taken it in the teeth from restrictions that cut them off from customers and cash. Data gathered by Yelp shows many of them closing permanently. Restaurants, which traditionally have tight profit margins to begin with, have been especially hard hit. Does it make sense to put millions of people in the poorhouse because uh, a certain, uh, portions of our society, our culture, our, 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 our you know, population are vulnerable. No, it doesn't. If we were more surgical with the lockdowns, we could ensure more people are protected. Here's the problem. You come out and say everybody locked down. And guess what? A bunch of people say no. Now your plan looks like Swiss cheese covered in holes. What if instead they said, go about your business But these are the restrictions we have in place, protecting the vulnerable, putting some of the responsibility on, you know, some of some of those who are vulnerable to stay home and stay safe. But if we focused on those who were most at risk while allowing regular people to work, we'd have better control over what was going on. Instead, what are we getting? California is 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 facing serious repercussions from just all of the mistakes they've made. U.S. braces for super covid tsunami. Fauci warns. Seventy percent more contagious strain, which has brought UK to its knees, will now rip through America as two cases are confirmed in California and Colorado. What have they done to stop this from happening? Nothing. Now let me tell you, we can't stop it. They told us this. Okay, the World Health Organization, the the the, the, uh, the doctors, they said the best we could do is slow this down. So the spread apparently was inevitable. Are we doing enough? to protect those who are most vulnerable. I don't think so. If we kept the economy open with social distancing and masks and protected the vulnerable and allocated the trillions of dollars we're spending on stimulus towards protection measures, maybe screens, maybe testing, maybe maybe, uh, maybe treatments, we probably would be better off. I mean, at least in my opinion. Instead, what do we get? Democratic governors across this country shuttered everything, everyone, regardless of whether or not you're in the affected group. Thus, People don't have money and they're forced to print out money like crazy. It's only going to get worse. It's just not solving the problem. Worse still, the young and the healthy are revolting. And that's I mean, that's the main point. Maskless mobs, storms, gourmet grocery and city awash with death. They're a symptom of a psychic sickness stoked by President Trump. Think about how callous and insane that is. People like this writer for the Daily Beast who says that he's writing, he's working. Some of these people lost their jobs. They have nothing. They've lost their homes, their businesses. Their families are going hungry. And it's only a matter of time before they kick in the door and just take what they want. It happened in Italy earlier this year. Videos of people storming into into grocery stores and small, you know, uh, uh, corner markets and just taking because they had no money anymore. The money ran out. They had no more, you know, no paychecks coming, no jobs, nothing to do. But they still need to eat. Do you think these people, these people who are angry and are tired of the lockdowns will just roll over and slowly waste away? Or are they going to say we are hungry and we refuse to live under your boot? Desperate times call for desperate measures. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, I'm not talking about morality, right or wrong. I'm saying these people are losing it because they're desperate. So there's a members only article, but you get the point. I've covered this story quite a bit. But let me tell you what we can expect next. Dr. Fauci warns January could be the deadliest month of the pandemic as the CDC predicts the death toll will top 400,000 by the time Trump leaves office in three weeks. They say uh, Fauci predicted the U.S. crisis will worsen significantly next month. Okay, I think we're not uh, handling this well. I think we're not doing any kind of legitimate uh, um, protection program or stimulus program, or funding program. Instead, we have a hodgepodge mishmash of failed policies and failed politicians who violate their own policies. You have people like Governor Gavin Newsom. He goes out to eat defying his his own policies. How am I supposed to trust that Fauci is saying the right thing when we see him at a baseball game with no mask on? How am I supposed to trust that Cuomo is telling us the truth when he put sick COVID patients in nursing homes, killed 6,500 people? That's ProPublica that reported that. You want me to do the right thing, and I want to. I don't want anybody to lose their lives. But the people who are standing up and pushing back are tired of the hypocrisy. They're saying enough. They're saying no. Because at a certain point, when these people become desperate, you can't control what they do. The best thing we could do now is work with people to make sure that they're, they're being fulfilled, that they have access to the goods they need. Otherwise, then you, have, you can do nothing. In New Jersey, we saw these two women open a speakeasy in a warehouse. There was gambling and food and drinks in a warehouse. I'm sure there was a violation of tons of, you know, uh, labor laws and, 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 uh, you know, restaurant uh, uh, laws and things like that. But they just did it because at a certain point, they say you have no authority. You've pushed us into a corner. We're hungry. We're starving. Screw it. We're going to go out and do it. And then the rule of law breaks down. Now I get it. Look, Fauci is saying things are going to get really, really bad. You know, what my problem is, Fauci also told us 60 to 70 percent herd immunity. Then came out later and said, actually, I was lying. I didn't think you were ready to hear the truth. So then, why would I assume this is the truth? They told us earlier in the year, Happy New Years by the, uh, Happy New Years by the way, New Year's Eve. They told us earlier in the year we could be expecting millions of people to die. Well, it's hundreds of thousands, and that's a, that's still really, really bad. One person is too many. But they attack Trump as though it's worse than it's ever been when the, when the, when the, uh, the, the initial prediction was millions. Now Fauci is coming out and saying 400,000, but they have been wrong. Fauci was the one who told us not to wear masks. He was wrong. And now you've got people who won't wear masks. Who do we blame? I blame Fauci. I mean, honestly, I blame a little bit of everybody. There was a period where Trump was not wearing masks and said he wasn't going to wear masks and things like that. But what you need to what you need to realize is that with the with the with the rise now of uh, these warnings about more deaths and super covid, the lockdowns are going to get worse. And I can only imagine people are going to erupt. The Daily Mail reports Britain is seeing infections soar as hospitalizations climbed to their highest levels on record. London and southeast England were placed under strict lockdown measures earlier this month and dozens of countries banned flights from the country. France also briefly barred trucks from Britain. The UK Wednesday recorded its deadliest day since April with 981 COVID fatalities and 50,000 more cases, as another 20 million people were plunged into the toughest restrictions in a desperate attempt to control the spiraling second wave. Let me tell you what is now going to happen in the UK. Lufthansa will airlift food into the UK amid border closure and fears of food shortages due to new COVID strain. You know, my friends, earlier this year, I was promoting an uh, a, a, a emergency food supply called Sa- safeandreadymeals.com. Uh, when I promoted that, people mocked me. Many leftists were like, Tim's so dumb selling his emergency food. Well, I suppose if you were in the UK and you were watching me and you took it seriously and you ordered this food, you're probably eternally grateful now. They've shuttered the borders. They are saying they will need to airlift food to the UK because there's fears of food shortages. What if you ordered a couple of these emergency food supplies? You'd be fine. You'd say, "Okay, well, I'm better off than my neighbors. I'm not I'm not doing a promo. I'm not trying to do a promo or anything like that. I'm just saying you need to recognize that these lockdowns will likely only get worse. The police in many of these big cities have no problem enforcing draconian edict from these governors. Many of them, I think, are hypocrites. Many of them are responsible for the destruction. Take a look at Florida compared to New York. Florida's got some major cities. Miami is a massive metropolitan center. And Florida's done way better in terms of keeping control of this than New York. That's the problem with the Democrats and their lockdowns. DeSantis is now saying he's not going to lock down. And guess what? There's a spike in cases for sure. But it's nowhere near as bad as California or New York where the lockdowns they put in place don't work. Now you've got places like like the UK. This, to me, is some of the craziest stuff we've ever seen. They say the German airline will fly 80 metric tons of food to Doncaster Sheffield in northern England using a Boeing uh, 777 uh, freighter, a spokesman said Tuesday. While the European Union called for the resumption of transport to the UK, the key port of Dover remains snarled with trucks unable to cross the Calais, across to Calais for a second day. Uh, Calais is a city in France. It's right on the other side. You take you take the, uh, the, the, the tunnel, the channel, I think it's called. France, which severed the link after a faster spreading strain of COVID-19 emerged in Britain, told the EU the route should reopen by midnight, according to people familiar with the matter. Lufthansa said the emergency flight will carry unspecified perishable goods from Frankfurt, a major European hub for food, a food distribution that has strong connections to producers in Italy, France and Spain, as well as the Netherlands, where food is grown under glass to extend the growing seasons. The carrier said it's working with multiple freight forwarding specialists, which declined to name. The head of Britain's Food and Drink Federation, Ian Wright, told Bloomberg TV earlier that if the port crisis wasn't resolved, there could be shortages of foodstuffs sourced from outside the UK, such as citrus fruits and some green vegetables. Sainsbury warned Monday that the chaos at Dover could result in gaps on its shelves for items including lettuce, other salad leaves, cauliflowers and broccoli, as well as fruit. Tesco. Britain's biggest retailer urged customers not to panic buy, saying it had good levels of stock, including food sourced from France. The British retail consortium estimates that around 40 percent of the food supermarkets import uh, import comes through Dover with a higher proportion of fresh produce. What do you think is going to happen in the UK if people can't get food? Now, I'll tell you, since this all started, people have gotten really out of shape. I mean, they've not been getting vitamin D. They've been not going in the sun. And that's that's contributing to a decline in people's health. What happens when people out of shape, sickly, get COVID? I mean, that's going to make things worse. Then the lockdowns in turn will get worse because we get more uh, sickness. Is it possible that because people aren't getting vitamin D, Fauci recommended vitamin D. Fauci said it. Take vitamin D supplements. Don't take too much. Talk to your doctor about what's right for you. But is it possible that people aren't exercising and eating right and getting the vitamins they need? And so they're more susceptible. You see, this is the problem. Florida, tons of sun not doing all that bad. New York, miserably. California, also tons of sun doing particularly bad. So how do you compare Florida and California? The lockdowns are not working, okay? To a certain degree, we can argue, yes, they probably have some some positive effect, but they need to be more surgical. Worse still, I don't think it matters. The people in these places are going to snap. And, and look, you see the people in in California storming into the into the into Arwana. That's the name of the grocery store. Angry. What about when there's no food left? I remember when the pa- when the panic buying started. Toilet paper was all gone, but more importantly, milk, bread, and eggs, cream cheese, dairy was gone. I went into a Walmart. All of the milk just gone. All they had left was like almond and soy milk. I took the almond milk. Couldn't get yogurt couldn't get toilet paper. It was crazy. I posted a photo on Instagram. Panic buying is not a good idea. You don't need to rush in and buy everything up because, you know, a lot of all that stuff will spoil pretty quickly. But what happens when the supply chains break? Then you rely on food being airlifted into your country, like in the UK. What happens when we're forced to quarantine a certain part of this country or they like, like they already did? They do these lockdowns and then food can't be imported or food isn't being produced. Are you taking care of yourself? Have you planned for this? What's your plan for when people flee the cities desperate for supplies and food? What happens when people revolt in these cities because they've been locked down for too long and they're hungry and they can't survive like this? Reason has already said people are in revolt. Nonviolent civil disobedience, I think, is the best way out of this. People just passively resisting like we've done historically throughout this country. I mean, there's been violent up, you know, unrest. This country was born with a with a violent revolution. I get it. But civil disobedience. Is one of the best and most effective ways to get things done. Just work. Take care of yourself. Otherwise, I fear what comes next. You see, it's kind of like you have this anger being held back, but it's growing every single day. And it's not just gonna go away. Eventually, it's going to burst out with, with so much pressure building up, you know, in this, in, in, in this, you know, pipe full of, of anger, whatever. It's flowing out. What if we allow people to just get some of that anger out? What if we allow people to just relieve some of this tension? If we don't, they're going to rampage like they did during the George Floyd riots. I understand super COVID's a problem. I understand California is seeing more death than ever. Maybe you're doing something wrong. And if you don't course correct, people are going to erupt. They're already starting starting to. You know what, my friends? It's New Year's Eve. I, I almost I want I didn't want to do a segment on this. I wanted to do a segment where it's like we're going to party, we're going to have a good time, and we're going to think about the good good times ahead. Sorry if I'm a little pessimistic. I think 2021 will probably improve in some ways, but it's not. We're, we're not out of the storm yet. Things, you know, they, they say uh, uh, it's always darkest before the dawn. Keep that in mind. Take care of yourself. Do what you have to do to survive. Peaceful, non-violence, civil disobedience, standing up for what you believe in, taking care of your family, getting supplies, learning how to be self-sufficient, getting away from these cities, man. You can do that. You can get out of these cities. You have that choice. Not everybody does. I understand. It can cost a lot of money, but you do not want to be in a city like New York or Los Angeles when the foods when the food shortages hit. If they do, because I'll tell you, things are probably gonna start looking bad in the UK. That's why they're bringing food in. But I'll leave it there. I think we're going to wrap up for the day. I don't think there's going to be a live show tonight. Why? It's New Year's Eve, and you guys should be having a good time. So hang out, watch a movie, put on Lord of the Rings or whatever, and time your your movies just right so that on New Year's you get to hear that, you know, key phrase or whatever, however people do that thing. And uh, I will see you in the new year tomorrow at 10 a.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.